privilege to be here this morning. And now, uh, oh, those lights are bright. I can't see your faces, but it is nice to be able to bring the Word of God to you this morning. And the title of my sermon, as Pastor Andrew mentioned, is Wholeness in the Midst of Brokenness. Couldn't be a more fitting topic to fit in with a sermon series, a vision casting series that Pastor Andrew has been sharing called 500. And as we invite uh, and focus our lives on reaching out to the lost, to the broken, to the needy, to the desperate, we must also understand that Christ offers us wholeness, holiness, and restoration as part of being in Him. So the scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah 61. And I want you to turn your eyes to the screen and we'll be right there so you can follow along. Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 3 says this, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of spirit. It will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his blood. This prophetic word was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the one who came to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal the needy. To bestow on them a spirit of life instead of a spirit of despair. And when Jesus Christ came to earth, he inaugurated the kingdom of God, which was an affront to the kingdom of the ruler of the air, Satan. C.S. Lewis once said about this world, enemy occupied territory. That is what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed and is calling us all to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. Jesus not only came to save us and take us to heaven one day for all of eternity, he came to mend our broken hearts, to heal our wounds, our infirmities, to exchange our mourning for his joy, and to sanctify our hearts through his life-giving spirit. In other words, he came to repair and restore what is broken deep inside us. One day we were having uh, some trouble with the drain in the shower. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? You know, the water was not going down as usual. And we tried everything, from a plunger to a drainer to just inviting the dog to come and lick the water. I mean, everything we tried and nothing was helping. And then I had the idea of getting, you know, my hair drain clog remover and boy, that proved to be fantastic. Uh, what I saw was not that great. But before you judge me, I want you to know that it wasn't my hair that did that, it was Andrew's hair. Okay? Just so we're clear on that. But you see, this is what happens often in our own lives. Things begin to pile up that clog our hearts. And as things pile up, old grudges and deep hurts and dysfunctional patterns stifle our spiritual growth. But Jesus came to set our hearts free, to give us his joy, his spirit. And his healing for life's hurts. But this exchange requires a process. Let me explain how it works. At the core of the human being, there's our spirit. 
And our spirit is quickened when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we become Christians and we open our lives to Christ. But on the outside is our physical body, that's what we see. And the gateway between the body and the spirit is the soul, which is composed of our emotions, our will, and our mind. When we get hurt in life and a wound comes to our life, what we experience are the detriments, the negative impact, and its effect upon the soul. Our wounds, wounds you know, damage our emotions, create you know, upheaval in our mind, and then we, have, we sometimes don't know how to make decisions appropriately because we are hurt and we don't know how to act. Well, this is a cycle because when we experience deep hurt in our life, and we, we all have a soul that gets fractured at many points, and if we don't allow the healing grace of God to heal this area, then what happens is that we now have a fracture in our soul. And this leads to a natural upheaval in our lives, and to anxiety, depression, and overwhelming grief are just but a few of the uninvited symptoms that we experience, which may lead then to a variety of dysfunctional behaviors to numb the pain that we feel inside. These wounds of the past can leak into the present and distort the way we view God, because now we see Him as a distant Father. We cannot connect with Him when we are so wounded. And then we have a distorted view of ourselves because we feel like we are unworthy and we are ashamed, ashamed and, and just guilty all the time. And that's not what God Christ says. Oh, yeah. We are made in His image and likeness. And yet there's something that disconnects us from that reality. And then we view other people through distorted lenses because now we judge them. Because all we see is what's on the outside. We don't see the wounds in their hearts that are driving these reactions. So these wounds, as they leak into our present, uh, are, they hinder us from loving well and from living like Jesus. So if we are to love like Jesus and live like Jesus, then we need the grace of Jesus into these areas to help us get unstuck in the various places where we have been. Terry Wardle, a seminary professor at Ashland Theological Seminary, has written extensively on the topic of holiness. In his book, Strong Winds and Crashing Waves, he describes five types of wounds that often affect us. And it happens to all of us because we're human, Christian and non-Christian. It affects us all. And let me briefly describe them how they work. The first one are the wounds of aggression, which refers to any sort of abuse a person receives in the painful events of being abandoned, rejected, and treated with severity. Second type are the wounds of withholding. These refer to the wounds that people experience as a result of not getting what they needed um, from those responsible for their care. So they might be neglected, or they might be just uh, with their affections not shown. Then are the wounds of trauma, and this happens to all of us. When we witness death, or accidents, or sudden or difficult illness, or any other stressful event that leaves us prone to now panic attacks or anxiety or fear. Then are the wounds of betrayal. When power and authority is misused, trust is broken. We receive a fraction of Then are the wounds of long-term duress, and this happens quite often. We want to admit or not. These are the consistent, verbal expressions of the pronouns that These wounds come from wounded people, because only hurt people. And these wounds have a negative impact on our souls. And let me show you how this works. Let me give you a practical example. Imagine for a moment that when you were a teenager, your father repeatedly said things to you that were not very good, like 
he always called you stupid. If this constant verbal put-down led not to a wound in your soul because your father is supposed to provide a caring, nurturing, and safe environment. But for some reason, probably because he's wounded himself, you have now become the target of his anger. Every time you did not do something the way he wanted, he would say, oh, you're so stupid, you will amount to nothing. If this hurt you deeply and embarrassed you because, well, you know, he said it in front of the whole family. And when they were spoken in front of the whole family, over time you begin to believe what your dad said about you. And you begin to think, I can never do anything right. I am good for nothing, I fail at everything I do. And a battle began to rage deep inside your mind. Now all these false beliefs led to a reality because now you are often sad and embarrassed and depressed and filled with shame. And as a teenager, those are hard feelings to handle because your brain is still developing and you're not equipped to deal with those kinds of things. So you've now got pain with a food addiction just to find some quick relief and Well, as an adult, now you're dealing with some health issues and no one is considering that there's a huge link between your health and your father's hurtful words and the wounds that he created in your soul. So what is the solution, the answer to this scenario? Well, certainly not a magic pill to take. And certainly not at one time come to Jesus meeting and everything will be well. Because there's a long process now of recovery, of confession and repentance and, and also forgiveness. Absolutely necessary. But when the starting point becomes inviting Jesus into those places of deep hurts, of your past, and inviting him into your past, he will take you by his hand into the and this is part of growing in Christ-likeness, for he calls us to be Christ-like disciples. And it's part of our growth spiritually. Now there are three obstacles that we must all overcome in this process of wholeness and maturity in Christ-like manner. The first one is fear. Fear will always tell you that, well, new things are not good. You should always stay the way you are and in the place you are. But fear wants to paralyze you from moving forward. And you must resist its temptation. Because God has so much more to give you. He wants to bring you into a life of abundance. Into a life of joy. Into a life of life-giving situations. And fear will hinder you from moving into that realm. And hinder you from fulfilling the purpose for which you are. The second is pride. We all have it. We're human after all. And our pride tells us, oh, you don't need any help. You're just fine the way you are. Everybody's got problems anyway. That's just normal. And we pretend that, you know, all is well when the reality is that we are very much hurting inside. And that is keeping us from experiencing the freedom that Christ has purchased for us in his atonement. Because that's why he came. Now, the third obstacle is very linked to the second. And, you know, this is a very difficult one to overcome in a culture like ours. And it's self-sufficiency. The self-sufficiency tells us, oh, you're strong, you can do it on your own, you don't need help. No one needs to know, just sweep it under the rug and it will eventually go away. But sooner or later, things catch up. They always do. Creating all sorts of unnecessary consequences for us. But once you determine to let fear, pride, and self-sufficiency go, and you invite Jesus into those areas where you are hurting, or where you are not like him in some way, he will come in, show up, every time. I want you to hear the testimony of a wonderful lady who invited Jesus into those places of hurt, 
and the way that he has walked with her in that journey towards restoration. Please turn your eyes to us. Growing up, I experienced a lot of trauma. This trauma affected choices I made as a young adult. Since God wasn't really any part of my life, I had no good way to handle the consequences of my choices. I carried baggage from what happened to me as a child and from the sins that I committed in response to that baggage. The enemy had a hold on me, attacking my ability to become a better person. I was full of anger, guilt, shame, pain, sorrow, and condemnation. I was in a broken place fighting the enemy's lies without God. I believed in him, but I didn't have any kind of relationship. I knew he existed, but I didn't think that he would accept me. This greatly impacted who I married, how I parented, and how I developed in my life. I felt a daily spiritual battle going on inside me. I kept praying to God to intercede and change my path so that I could be closer to him. I was in such a negative cycle. Five years ago, I was forced to realize that the ground I was standing on was not solid. It was in a spiritual warfare worse than I had ever experienced before. I had a lot of anger and bitterness towards the person that was hurting me at the time and for others that had hurt me in my life. I also didn't believe that I deserved God's grace and love. My first church family supported me through some tough times. I began to build a relationship with God. I started to forgive myself and gradually began to heal from a very painful experience. When I heard about the Breakthrough Ministry and listened to the impact the Holy Spirit had on different people who took part in the sessions, I knew this could be a way to get rid of the brokenness I was living with and also be a way to bring me even closer to God. I poured out my heart to God through the caring people that serve in the ministry. I released the pain and hurt. I was able to forgive those that hurt me. The pain I was carrying kept me from feeling whole. During each session and even afterwards, I could feel the power of the Holy Spirit changing me from the inside out. Now I know I am free, loved, and accepted. I have an inner peace and no true joy in my life. The war isn't over, but I know who I am. And I know who won. I know in my soul, with God, I am now on solid ground that cannot be broken. And any time I start to doubt that, I turn back to him and remember all the promises he made to me and to all of us. And I stand back up on the firm foundation that he has put me on. I'm on a mission to share the power of God with others. This isn't just for me. So however God chooses to use me to reach others, I'm all in. I still make mistakes and disappoint myself, but that just reminds me how much that I need him each and every day. Being made whole is part of our journey growing in life with Christ. So what happens when you know someone hurts us deeply or we witness these traumatic events that make us vulnerable to these emotional disturbances in our lives? We need to allow Jesus into those places of releasing our anger, grief, anxieties to him and forgiving those who have hurt us. For it is in confession and forgiveness that we find true freedom. Let me say that again. It is in confession and forgiveness that we find true freedom. That is what frees your heart from everything the enemy has sought to steal, kill, and destroy from you, hindering you from experiencing the true freedom that is readily available in Christ. Now, Jesus came to bind out our broken hearts. 
But we have an enemy who constantly lies to us. So how do we gain and maintain spiritual victory in the, in the midst of life's hurts? God's word tells us that the key is to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought. You are the gatekeeper of your mind. You are the gatekeeper. Jesus cannot do that. You are the one that allows which thoughts are going to enter into your mind and what you're going to let dwell in your mind. You see, every thought you do not take captive will eventually take you captive. And so, are you struggling with feelings of inferiority? The Word says that you are a child of God, seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. Are you, do you always feel alone? The Word says that your God will never leave you nor forsake you, that He will be with you to the ends of the earth. Are you always feeling guilty? The Word says there's no, no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. Are you worried? Oh, you can cast all your cares on him, for he is the one who cares for you and will provide according to the riches that are in Christ Jesus. It is the word firmly established and rooted in your heart and mind that will allow you to take those thoughts captive and replenish them and reward them with the truth. Now, he came to give us this life in abundance. What would it be like if we were totally free from that hidden temptation, that hidden sin, that unforgiveness, that's wrong? A resentment that is consuming us. As long as you don't bring it to God, He cannot heal it. But the moment that you open it up and let it go, the enemy will no longer have a hold on you and cannot continue to oppress you. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good and I want you to hear the testimony of another person who encountered the healing grace of Jesus and the invitation that Jesus has offered to him. Please turn your attention to this grace. I've like grown up part of the first church throughout my youth, uh, but it's only been about the last year that God has brought my wife and I back after serving in another ministry. And uh, we came back excited to see what this new season was going to look like, but really unsure how God had us serving. And so we started attending for a few months, just waiting for what God had. And um, one fateful Sunday, I came on the announcements, breakthrough ministry training. And so um, we were curious what it looked like, the ministry entailed. We asked some questions to involved in. God always has a way of nudging us in the direction that he has. So uh, we decided to attend the ministry and kind of figure all the details as it came. Um, and throughout just those two days, few hours together, uh, man, the biblical teaching that we received, the, the dozens of testimonies that we got to hear of just the transformation that I received from the ministry and, and practical tools, really, we received to not only find transformation and breakthrough for ourselves, but how we're going to be able to help others was just so amazing. Um, it really felt like 
after we left that, my wife and I um, knew God was saying, this, this is why we have you here. And so the next few months after um, that training session, we did weekly trainings as a team, some amazing people, part of the ministry we got to know. And God not only started to reveal more truth of how deeply he desires um, to bring healing to the, the sin and the brokenness and the pain that, that I have experienced and my wife has experienced, but um, how deeply he wants to bring that to, to really all of his children. And so we walked through this process of just our eyes being open to what wholeness can really look like for people. Um, we saw not only ourselves being transformed more into the image of Christ, our marriage really being restored in some amazing ways. And um, now as a father, I see some incredible tools of how I want to raise my daughter. Um, and so we started getting involved in a few of the sessions and every single time, God has a way of just showing up. And so gently taking people through this process of, of healing, really. Um, through these, these intentional prayer sessions, we have the opportunity of walking people um, just like us who have a broken story um, that God wants to really redeem. And so we, week by week, we get to walk people through that amazing journey and just reveal more and more how God loves them so deeply and has such an amazing plan for them. Um, and I cannot wait um, to see who else is going to impact. Um, I'm so thankful to know how much it's impacted my life, my family now, and future proteins specifically to come. First of all, that Jesus can exchange our brokenness for his wholeness. And that he came to make that exchange. Your broken life for his victorious life. Your pain and grief for his joy. Your anxiety for his peace. Your fear for his boldness. Your anger for his righteousness. Your bondage for his freedom. And your sin for his forgiveness and holiness. His healing grace is available to all. Now there is perhaps no better way to end the service after a sermon like this than by participating in the Eucharist together. Celebrating the Lord's Supper can position us to encounter the grace of our Lord afresh and anew. The symbols of crushed wheat and squeezed grapes are powerful symbols that make us look at our own brokenness in new ways. They remind us that Jesus Christ himself gave his body and was broken so that we could experience his redemption. And his blood was shed so that we could be transformed from the inside out. His wounds have become a channel of God's healing grace to us. Jesus is literally the wounded healer who has offered his own brokenness as a ransom for ours. The Lord's Supper is a celebration of the grace of Jesus that can touch our lives today. It's truly an encounter with his presence where our broken souls can be nourished.
and to make us more.